Here comes the biggest news ever. Trek Off the Motion Picture is available on Amazon Prime. That's right. The movie version of the podcast you're listening to. An actual movie. A motion picture on Amazon Prime. Available in the United States and the UK. Just go on Amazon and search for Trek Off. The word Trek Off. One word. And you can watch us. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can you can like rent us or buy us. We're available on DVD on Amazon. But like streaming on Amazon Prime. And listen, please watch because it really helps us out. And share it. Give us good reviews. And share it on your Facebook page stuff, man. I'm just excited. Check out the motion picture. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Well, check out. My name is Justin, and my name's Alexia. So for the second week in a row, um, we're uh, it's gonna be a short episode. It's gonna be a shorty, guys. Um, it's been a, it's been a tough uh, bit right now for us. Uh, well, I mean, look, let's. Uh, I'll just put on. I'll take total responsibility. Um, uh, <laughs> we we have no problem recording uh, on a fairly regular basis during the year um, because I uh, have free days as my children are in school. Um, but <laughs> makes things we, so much easier. <laughs> but literally, for like like if you want to peer behind the curtain for today's recording to happen. Um, I uh, had to make it so that I got like four hours sleep to hop on the mic um, so I can do this before I go pick up my kids from the daycare where they're supposed to be picked up. Um, and that's like, it's crazy that what has to happen during the summer. The summer's almost over, guys. Um, and we're going to get into the year. And then we'll be back. Yes, we'll be There's back. So and, then you'll be get, and then you'll get your random, like, really, like, hour, 30-minute episode. Oh, fucking, fucking Discovery's coming you know. up. That's yeah, like huge. there's so much. Like, like that yeah. alone. Like, like we're gonna be picking apart. It, we're gonna be spending so much time picking apart that first episode. Of Discover whether we love it or whether we hate it. There's gonna be so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, about it because let's because it's the first glimpse into a new chapter of Star Trek, and there's just gonna be you know we're like just literally have to. we we could do 20 minutes on the on the costumes like right now like like right now <laughs> as, if if you were to go on the internet right now you would see the classic, you know, argument about, you know, that technology doesn't look like it's 10 years before Kirk. Like, yeah, the, many a nerd argument is is at on. this very moment, like happening inflamed on the you interwebs. Know, and, and, you, and, you know, you know how it is. You know, this side's going, this can't be 10 years before Kirk. This technology is substantially ahead of where Kirk was. And the other one goes, goes, you can't have it look like it's 10 years before Kirk because we have technology. To, what are you going to say? Touchscreens don't exist? Like, yeah. we have touchscreens right now. Yeah. Like it's, it has to look like it's 300 years in the future. And Kirk doesn't look like it's 300 years in the future anymore. You kind of got it. You know, the Klingon shouldn't look different. Well, why shouldn't the Klingons look different? They they made a change last time. Why not make a change again? Like, it's like the arguments on both sides. I'm sure you and I are going to take opposite sides or sometimes the same. And that's just on. We're just talking aesthetics. All you Yeah, and I like have, that's before we've ever even seen a story. Yeah, of any I, kind. Like you and I, just you a and I shot. have you and I have argued about Discovery for like multiple episodes over like the way it looks. 
how mm-hmm. fast and actiony the 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 trailer looks and one guy who says one line about <laughs> my species can sense death coming this is going to be a 2 hour <laughs> a 2 hour <laughs> yeah like i feel like what's going to wind up happening is like we'll get out recording like once we're you, the kids are in school and we've got our schedule back <laughs> like every time we record it'll be like 2 or 3 hours we'll be like fuck how much do we put out like i, I, I like, want to listen and, to all that like, and we can't really always do the things where we split the episode into two episodes yeah like it doesn't a work new discovery coming every weird. week people aren't going to want to wait yeah we have to say here's it's gonna be like guardians of the galaxy we go because there are like 30 other star trek podcasts and if, if we don't do it right away you're gonna go listen to them so yeah. so oh my gosh there's gonna be so much to talk about there's so yes, much and and so there's much. and i'm watching season one of next gen which has got its own like challenge things yes i'm i'm actually you know what i was i was watching because i've my time you know has uh been having some stuff going on in my private life so um but the i've been watching the animated series because it's a lot easier yeah because you it's just you know 30 minutes uh and i and i i've got just watched the oh i love it the the one where her has to take over the ship because all the men are all by the sirens and i've every time i see it i love it even more and she's so awesome in it when she takes over, like she just comes right and she's like, this shit's fucked up. And she like calls in her chapel to the bridge. She's like, yo, the men are acting fucking weird. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then like just like before even talking to anybody, like she starts. Then she comes. Then she just like takes over the ship and she makes this great fucking recording. She's like, ship's log, Lieutenant Uhura. I am taking command of the ship because, you know, basically because Scotty's in a euphoric state and i take full responsibility and the way she says it ah she fucking nails it you know what i mean and it's just voice acting even you know with cartoon characters but she fucking nails it like i take full responsibility so she knows what she's doing it's spoiler alert on the book that you're reading which is kind of what we're going to talk about today but did you know that nichelle nichols and um and uh george takei were not going to be on the animated series um, and and Spock saved it. It makes sense from a financial point of view why they weren't going to be on the series because back in the day, the way that they paid actors for a series, if you came on to, sh- to do a show... It was a uh, per-episode thing. It, wasn't it was per-episode. Like you could do up to two different voices. And it turns out Jimmy Doohan was really good at doing... A bunch of voices. A bunch sure. of voices and, and could kind of approximate Sulu. And Majel Barrett, who did a bunch of voices, could do well enough for Uhura. And essentially, you have to pay two additional actors to have the two of them on. And at the time, one, no one really understood the the phenomenon Star Trek was going to become. Two, it's a Saturday morning animated series done by Filmation. They're not, you know, you know the yep. the studios. The studios like it's just kids. Kids don't know who's playing who. They don't um, care. They're not going to they outside of Kirk and Spock. They don't really care who's playing who on this show. It's it's kids. And they also, and I feel like part of the reason too, like I know that unfortunately, um, Chekhov never made it in. And that bums me out. But like, I feel like to some extent too, they want like because they were doing it as an animated series, it gave them the the flexibility to now have like truly very alien looking people on the bridge. Well, and, and frankly, you can see that it was kind of cheaply done. If I were doing, oh yeah, for sure. If if I, if I were doing like a ninjas cartoon, and I only had very like a limited amount of money, like, and I could get. 
you know, someone to cover, let's say two other actors who are going to cost just as much. I might, as much as I love everyone, I might do it because money is money. Yeah. Um, now, Leonard Nimoy stepped in and he's one of the voids. You can't replace him. Like he's no, spot. In fact, he's spot. you could almost replace Kirk as a voice more easily than you could. Re- Spock's voice is so distinctive. It's it so important that Spock sounds like Spock. Um, and, and Leonard Nimoy said, if you don't bring these guys back, then I'm not going to do it. God um, bless that man. He's so amazing. He's such a cool dude. God, he was just a beautiful human being. How do I know about this? How do I know this wonderful story? Um, uh, you and These I are, are, we're doing some homework for you guys. That's right. Um, uh, uh, we I love reading. how you say that. Like, it's it's a fucking gift. I, <laughs> this is what it is. Well, it's a, it's a gift I gave you. You know, here's the thing. It uh, is. N- not everything in your personal life has been super duper happy, but one thing that has is uh, your astounding performance in the Quantum Suicide of, uh, or the, the the Sophie Miller thing, the spinoff play that you did from uh, from the movie that you did a couple of years ago. Um, I got a chance to see it. Um, we could do a whole episode about the idea of like alternate universes and stuff, but um, uh, I just want to give public props to uh, an astounding and frightening performance uh, that mm. you that you gave. It was It was awesome to see you. Thank you do so that. much. Um, but uh, I uh, let you know that day that I had ordered you a little gift. Um, of, you did, uh, and I had no idea. Like, because you had told me too, you were like, "It's really, it's a lot of stuff. It's like the first twenty-five, and then the next twenty-five years." I'm like, oh, just, "Just like interviews, just snippets." I was like, "Oh, that sounds really cool." And you're like, "Yeah, I'm listening to it. It's like a bunch of hours." And I, I wasn't really put like putting the numbers together. I was highly stressed at the time, <laughs> and like I had no capacity to comprehend what was going to arrive <laughs> there are these enormous like like the definite so there's Tomes. an old book there was an, a, an old book called captain's logs in the 80s which i loved and i've talked about on this show you the have. guys who did that made uh two books called the 50-year mission and it is the like the definitive history of the making of star trek up to and including star trek beyond from from literally gene roddenberry thought up this idea yep. through the end of Star Trek Beyond, hey, Discovery's about to start. Um, and and it's separated into two books. One book that focuses on the uh, the original the original cast uh, going all the way through the original series and then into the conventions, the the dead time between when Star Trek then started becoming successful, what the actors were all doing during that time, and then going into the animated series and then the movies and then things happening in between and 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 the politics and the gossip and the production history and it is it is riveting it is yeah. riveting um and i have a subscription to audible which means that every uh like 3 weeks or something i get a free download credit and that's i used it for this because um they're like $45 uh to to download the audiobooks because it's got a cast of like 6 um wow. doing it um, but uh, I got you the physical books. So I don't know if you did audiobooks that much. Uh, no, it was um, the right choice because they really actually don't do audiobooks very much. I'm, um, I'm much more of a, a read it myself kind of person. Um, and when when you told me they were coming, like I, like I said, it's been a stressful time. There's been a lot of shit going on. And uh, and one morning uh, I woke up. Mister A leaves pretty early for work, and uh, he had, there were like these two boxes. Like that he left for me like in the bed, so like I'm like groggy. I wake up, and and they're like 
big. I'm like, what are these? They say they're from Amazon. Okay. I'm like, open them. And like this book, this tome. I was like, oh my God. And it was like the first 25 years. And I was like, I mean, this thing is so hefty. It, it's, I mean, the size of it, I, I can't really overstate, I don't think. Like, I could not have conceptualized how big that book was going to be. And then I, oh, and then I was like, oh, does that mean the other This is only the first? What's in the other box? I don't understand. And then, like, I opened the other one. It was the other I was like, Jesus Christ, that's so many, so oh. many things I'm going to read in here. Like, and the typeface is, like, really small. There's, it's like, a It's organized so interestingly because the, um... It's like every chapter starts with like basically a, 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 the author is writing here's here's kind of what's happening this time let me set the stage and then everything else is pretty much quotes yeah from just people like random telling quotes the from story people who knew people at the time people who were involved with writing quotes from Gene cast quotes members from Shatner Gene. from yeah. Like um, yeah, I mean and, it was, and I couldn't. And it's like, not just random. Like it's 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 weird. It would be easy to go. Oh, this is this is yeah, kind of randomly. No, it's it tells a story. It yeah, no, I can't imagine story. how they managed, like just getting all the information and then deciding how to organize it. Like that had to be so uh, challenging. All right, so you know that episode of Deep Space Nine when Worf's on trial. And yes. and uh, and everybody's, you know, Esri and 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 Cisco, they're all looking like into the camera and saying what happened during this incident, you know, and here's my point of view that and, and it kept keeps cutting between each one of them. And and it sort of like fleshes out the incident from everybody's point of view. That's the way this book is organized. Um, so it goes oh, that's through, a good way of putting it. Yeah. Like it, it does. Yeah. There's the clearly a, yeah, chronologically. There's, there's clearly a story line happening here. Um and I and the thing that I find so fascinating, um, and, I, and I'm only like I was just telling you earlier, I'm only like one eighth of the way because like Mr. A was asking, and and I've been reading it a lot because it's because of it sort of like it's fascinating. Being, <laughs> not just fascinating, but because, um, like, you know, with a book, like when you're reading it, like for me, I, like I read a lot. So when I'm reading like a novel, say, like a lot of times, like the end of a chapter is like, well, this is a good place to stop. Um, you know what I mean? Or like the end of a, like a thing that has just happened is like, this, this is a good time to stop. But like, because of, uh, of the content being so compelling and because it's these quotes from people, it's, it's like, I'll just, re I'll just read one more. I'll just, I'll just read the next one. Like, and you feel like you're getting to know everyone. Like you, you do. Like the, you really do. Like, and I'm like I said, I'm only an eighth through the first one. So what's and, happening where you are right now? What's, um, what's... So like for me so far, um, the thing that I have found so incredibly fascinating uh, was just the challenge in even getting the show made or on. And like I finding out like and I know I think I heard this in a, in, a, in an in an are you like pre first season are you like right before it's going on are you no I'm like I'm 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 like at first like they have managed to get the show to go like they've gotten right. the pilot uh they got the second pilot things are are happening and they're actually writing shows and doing their thing but there's like so much that that came before that I had no idea about. And I think one of the the things that I found, like the for me, was finding out about how shows got made, because um, you know for both of us being you know in 
entertainment and producing entertainment uh, and stuff, like things that I didn't know about, like how things were done. And especially then and hearing Roddenberry talk about like basically trying to sneak in the, this not sci-fi sci-fi show, this not what networks considered sci-fi sci-fi show. Where, like, they sort of talk about how everybody wanted, you know, monsters. Like, that's what sci-fi is. And, and like, so many of these, you know, people at the time, she'd included, were like, well, there's so much more to science fiction than that. And, and people, we think people will respond to it and want to see it. But, like, they had to convince the networks of that. So they, like, like basically having to, like, trick the networks by, like, here's here's a monster. See, you got a monster. Well, and, and here's the thing. Like- Gene's big thing was, like, don't kill something because it's ugly. You know, don't. And he said, he actually said... Uh, said that one of the big problems he had, you know, and I'm in, I'm in the part of the original, I've, I've done the second book already, but I, I did the second book, then the first, which is a way to do it too. Actually, if you're a big, like, if you're That's not a big TOS fan, <laughs> I would start with the second book and you'll love it because you like the subject matter better than the TOS stuff, but it'll get you into the rhythm of how the books are written. And then you can go into the first. And once you're already in the rhythm of how the books are written, it, it's fascinating. I mean, it makes me want to watch all of this stuff over again. But one of the things they said, uh, Gene had a big problem in Star Trek Two, that when the alien comes, the, the little creature comes out of Chekhov's ear, the, the thing that was possessing him, Ugh, yeah. Kirk, Kirk grabs a phaser and shoots it. Um, and Gene Roddenberry had a real big problem with this because he was like, well, yeah, this thing's disgusting and awful looking and it was just in there. But you don't know what this thing is. You don't know what its reasoning is. You don't know why it's there. It wasn't an imminent threat to anyone. It was just on the set. You could have gotten it, studied it, but instead you grabbed a phaser and destroyed it. Yeah, you had and this that, really emotional reaction to it. And that is and that is the antithesis of Star Trek. The, the The whole point of Star Trek was just because it's ugly, you don't shoot at it. Yeah. Well, not even just that. Like, like one of the, like one of the animated episodes I watched recently. There's like this gaseous cloud that they're in that's like eating planets. And they and it's like about to like hit a planet that's like got 80 million people on it. And they're like, we can't we've got to just we've got to figure out how to destroy this thing. And they wind up getting sort of consumed by it and finding out that it's got like sort of a digestive system that it seems to be a life form. Um, But what they can't ascertain is whether or not it's really intelligent. And they know that they have to save the planet and that it's going to kill all those people. And so they have this plan and they're going to destroy it because, you know, Spock says, well, this thing indicated the fact that it changed and made its way towards that planet could indicate intelligence, but it could just be an automatic response to finding food. I don't know. Like, I can't be certain. And so, you know, Kirk's like, well, we gotta, we just, we have to kill it. But like, they're having that conversation, right? Because here's this thing that looks like just a phenomenon, but it's a, a living being. And I, and usually in Star Trek, they do. They, they wind up having that conversation. And, and even yeah. in the one I was, I was talking about, like the one with the women, like basically that lure men to the planet and suck their energy. And it's because that's the only way they can survive. Like, they don't kill those women. No. They like yeah. rescue them. They like basically say we're sending a ship. They're gonna come. Um, they're gonna take you to to a new planet. Uh, Doctor McCoy says it should be if you. And this is after they've like almost killed Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Like it's and and that's something they talk about in the book that I really loved. That hearing that idea that like we've got to we have to try to understand 
the other side of things. And there was a there's one this like a newscaster, I want to say, that's quoted in there quite a bit um, at the place that I was at. And he yeah. was talking about like the climate today, because um, what's very interesting, these books were written like last year, like they're pretty recent. They're not um, they're not old. So there's like that sort of the the divisiveness that we have going on right now. And he's like, you couldn't make um certain like there's episodes that like just wouldn't get made today oh yeah of totally. the original series and he's talking about like the the devil in the dark the one with the like the mining creature right that like kills all the miners and it's because it was protecting its babies but like he's like there's no retribution though right like at the end it's like this thing has killed all of these people and they basically enter into a contract agreement with it to work for them at yeah. the end. That's what they do. No, it's awesome. It is. Um, it's amazing. I love it. I thought I would play uh, just real briefly um, a, an excerpt of the audiobook, just so you guys can hear it, if that's the way you want to go. Um, I would say if you are, um, like, the best thing you could do is probably, and this is not an ad for Audible, um, uh, don't sign up <laughs> if you don't want, buy it if you want, but the only way I could afford to, because these would be $90 if I bought both of them on Audible, but that... You know, it doesn't matter if a book is $90 or $5, you can spend one Audible download credit on it. And so that made it worth it. So sign up for Audible, quit Audible afterward if you want to. Although next episode, maybe I'll talk about the, uh, um, I am uh, listening to Star Trek novels, um, uh, which have been really interesting. But here, this is uh, an excerpt from uh, uh, the book that you're reading, The 50-Year Mission. Jordan was usually the monster of the week. I tried to convince him that I could do it differently. But at the time, I wasn't sure that I would treat it differently. Among those being considered for the lead role at the time, then still named Captain Robert April, were Paul Mantee, Rod Taylor, The Time Machine, Robert Logia, Sterling Hayden, The Killing, Warren Stevens, Forbidden Planet, Rhodes Reason, Leslie Nielsen, and Jack Lord, Dr. No, the latter of whom wanted too big a piece of the show in terms of profit participation to make him a viable candidate, but who would eventually go on to big success and a lucrative financial cut in Hawaii Five O. Robert Butler. Whether Jeff Hunter was a compromise candidate or whether everyone believed in him at that time, I don't know. When the 11th hour approaches, you finally have to take your money and bet it. That's always the case. Generally, he was an extremely pleasant, centered guy, and maybe decent and nice to a fault. A gentle guy. I did not know Jeff, except professionally from a distance, not personally at all. I thought he was a good, chiseled hero for that kind of part. I remember thinking, God, he's handsome. And this was sadly the opinion of him at the time. When one is trying to bring reality into an unreal situation, that usually isn't a wise thing to do to hire a somewhat perfect-looking actor. You should find someone who seems to be more natural and more real. I don't remember saying those things, but that continues to be my view. So, I mean, that's... That was one the- of those things I remember when I, when, I, when I read that one. I was like, what an interesting idea. Like, that... that- the guy that played Pike when they did the the original pilot that he was just he was too pretty, too perfect somehow, and too gentle and not you know not having so he he was giving this really nuanced, much more nuanced performance than Shatner ever gave, and he certainly didn't have swagger like but swagger what the, but, that, that, but what the that, role called for was not a nuance. I would say that William Shatner does not give a nuanced performance as Kirk except for the moment when his son dies. And I would say that the internalization of Kirk was not the way that Shatner played it operatically. He played it theatrically and it worked. It was so perfect for what Kirk was. Whereas this guy, 
Jeffrey Hunter was doing a much more internalized, nuanced, you know, you know, very real, you know, would would be, you know, it's the difference between like what would play on a Broadway stage is what Kirk would do, and this guy is doing what would play on, you know, an art house off Broadway stage where you really want to get into watching the actor act, you know, and what what Star Trek needed was someone who had, you know. Well, you needed him, yeah, and you did needed him. You needed him to ha- be a little um, more flamboyant in a way to to have Kirk be such a counterbalance. One of the things that I, I think one of the other quotes that I read that I was like, because you know I always talk about the trifecta and the perfection uh, that is Kirk's Spock and McCoy, and the reason that that it was always uh, got first place in my heart and soul. Uh, they t- and they talk about another show. I think it was called Paladin, I want to say. And it was uh, basically that character is all three Kirk, Spock, and McCoy in one person. And that's what they sort of talked about. Like, he was like, basically, you know, like, Kirk is the act, the action part of a person. And, and you know, Spock is the brain, is the logic, is the thinking. And McCoy is the emotion. Yeah. Well, well, and, and together McCoy's they not just sort the emotion, of, but McCoy is, McCoy is the humanity. So... Well, no, I mean, this is the way, this is the way a person sort of put it out and like in this quote that i read and i was like god that's a really like so together they sort of make this very complete person and there's and there's and it's amazing this this other this other quote about the same thing probably in the same chapter where uh where they said so so kirk is faced with the decision of what to do and kirk is the one who wants to go out and do a thing and Mm -hmm. the spock part of kirk if spock is actually a part of kirk says well the logical thing to do would be to do this and McCoy's the one that said, if you do that, don't you understand how that's going to make everybody feel or react or what it's going to do to everybody? Yep. And then Kirk's the one who has to go, you know, the best. Co- Spock is always suggesting the best course of action. McCoy is always suggesting the right course of action, if you understand the difference between the two. And then Kirk's sure. the one who has to go, where's the medium What's between the, the two? What's the balance? What's the best and thing be the, Yeah. Um, uh, it's fucking brilliant. It's so yeah. good. And the it, books are it, like I can't I can't suggest these things enough. No, I um, can't either, man. There's it's so there's so much in there to learn. That so so you'll, what you'll love watching again. So I always ask you, uh, how's your Trek week? Um, until the books are done, I'm going to ask you, where are you in the books? Um, <laughs> so we can sort of talk about the history of Star Trek. Is going to be a part of Trek off for the length of time that you're reading the books. Um, so uh, oh, yeah. so to wrap up. Um, uh, this episode, uh, uh, because we only have a couple minutes left. Um, uh, where are you in the books? You're up to. Uh, you've gone through the pre-production. Oh yeah, I've gone through pre-production, and there's. They've talked a little bit about the the first movie, um, at times, but I feel like that's why I mean, like it's not quite a linear timeline. Oh, um, you're, the the first movie is going to have three chapters. You'll get there. Yeah, like I'm just saying, like like random quotes that that I think pertain to things to do sure. with the the show in general that um they reference the first movie. So I think I'm base I'm basically sort of like right uh at the the begin like the as the the series is is sort of really kicking in and and happening and being done. Yeah. So Gene L. Coon uh is a no- name I'm sure you're hearing a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Uh. The the true mastermind behind the Star Trek we love, maybe. Interestingly, um, interesting. <laughs> Rod- Roddenberry doesn't come off that great. Um, he he. Come, I mean, there are things that he that he does in ways he does and ways he doesn't. Like what I and and here's the thing that I think that anybody 
Uh, like, I think you should read this, and I th- particularly fans like myself uh, who are so in- enamored of the original series because you need... I mean, actually, anyone who's in there, because I mean, there's sort of this whole idea uh, where we put Gene up on this pedestal as, uh, you know, this the great bird or what have you and, and all this stuff. And it's like, at the end of the day, though, and what I think is even better is to recognize that he's just a human being, right? Like, he's not perfection he's a person but he's, he's a, a guy who that, had a great idea yeah and then he went for idea. it and that like what that tells me what that communicates to me is that like each of us i think we all know of you know no none of us think of ourselves as perfect i don't think I know. and and well of course you do <laughs> i mean but like the most of us aren't narcissistic um but like you think and maybe you think like because of that you can't like, what could you really do? And I really, I think that this is a, a great example. That's why I don't want to put him on a pedestal. Like, he was a guy and he got shit done anyway. And he wound up making this amazing thing that has absolutely not just turned out to be a good show, but has had an effect on the world. Like, a legitimate and noticeable effect oh, on yeah. our world. And, and on entertainment and on it raised the bar for for the way we think of each other. They raised the bar of what we think of space. They named the the fucking space shuttle Enterprise. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, Yeah, it's huge. I mean, and the number of people who have become scientists, engineers. Sure, yeah. Doctors, anything. Like the technologies that have come because of being inspired by the dream that is Star Trek. Like this is just a man. But he's yeah. a but he but he cared. And he had a and he had a thing that he really wanted to do, and he went and he did that thing, and he believed in it and made it happen. And no, he wasn't perfect, and and a lot of times he could be an ass, but at the end of the day, that means that any of us could do the same. I I right? do want to give one thing that I do like about the book that I that I want to throw out, and then uh, and then that's going to be the show for this week. Um, is that I like that the show, in taking Roddenberry down a few pegs, raises up that. Gene Roddenberry did not sit down and write every episode of Star Trek and then the actors acted it and that's what we watched. Which exactly. is sort of what you, you grow up th- th- thinking. I mean, yeah. Like, like it's a, it's intellectually, effort, you know that's man. not true. Intellectually, yeah. you're like, but but like Dorothy Fontana and Gene L. Coon. God, I know. Are, are, are yeah, DC so, Fontana are so all over it. Are so important. Um, to and the people who the wound show. up making the, 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 the costumes, the set designs, the, yeah. the ship. All of that stuff, because none of it existed before. And some of that is them struggling against Gene and and fighting for what they think are really good decisions. And it's it's interesting because I, you know, I'm a big Beatles fan. I've always been a big Beatles fan. It's interesting when you look at Paul McCartney's solo career and John Lennon's solo career. I like Paul McCartney's solo career. I think he's got, you know, 10 really good songs. John Lennon, I think he's got maybe five really good songs. Now, I know people are going to go, why? That's awful. But but if you look at the Beatles, they've got, you know, 90 good songs. Yeah. Why? Why are they so awesome when Paul McCartney is not, doesn't, in my opinion, in, in his entire career, have as many good solo songs as, you know, Billy Joel? Why? Was it because he's less talented? I don't know. Same thing with John Lennon. Yes, he yes he he died twelve years later. But if you like, the Beatles broke up in ten. He, Beatles broke up in seventy. He died in eighty. 
the Beatles only recorded between 1963 and 1970. That's seven years the entire time the Beatles recorded. He had 10 more years and could only come up with like five, you know, five what I consider to be really great songs. Why the, It was the struggle. Yeah, it was like the struggle between the two of them. lines up with a better outcome is the fact that you've got these people that have, their, they're very opinionated and they both want the good thing. Like it's not yeah. about, you know, wanting to be in competition or wanting to take the other person down. It's about really believing in whatever the thing is and wanting it to be the best that it can. And, and greatness, sometimes- like if you imagine that they're all pulling on like, on on like a bed sheet right that, that everybody's pulling on a bed sheet and they're pulling in their direction that they want and sometimes on a show like star trek the magic sweet spot is the space in between it's the center yep. of the bed sheet and they're all pulling in different directions and i think it's going to be interesting when you get to season three you know why season three of star trek is is such a decline in quality you're going to see why because there's i don't want to spoil anything but like it has to do with, with what what's happening in the production the behind team. the scenes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not just, oh, they by season three, they had they a hard doing time it doing while, it anymore. So. It was, yeah. no, it's, there's a, and same thing with Voyager. Like when you watch the changes that you see in the shows, they're absolutely important things that happen besi- behind the scenes that cause those changes. Um, I'm fascinated to talk to you about, about where you are and, 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 and yeah, we're going to be able to talk a lot about this. I and think. that on I, top of discovery, we're going to be talking about, I know we're just going to be talking like, ulti- co- like, I think like whatever day we choose, we're just going to wind up talking all damn day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like maybe we'll let people, listen to some of that <laughs> I know. You know, so um all right well for for now sorry about the two short episodes in a row um uh probably gonna have a couple short ones in the future as well but then as we get into september and into discovery um uh things we're gonna, gonna be able heat to go up, back to even yeah. though it's getting to be fall we're gonna heat up things on i mean trial. we're gonna have to spend at least two like uh, w- like in the next two weeks like we could have talked just about all the new last jedi stuff that's just come out like there's so much going on it's gonna be a great time for trek up my name is justin and my name's Alexia. Trek off. Trek off, bitches. Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it, if you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription, or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.